Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. One of the biggest lies that come out of the leftist liberals is that inequity of outcome is proof of systemic racism. Systemic racism is the belief that the system of our our country promotes racism. Capitalism and representative democracy is just furthering racist white people that benefit from white privilege. I mean, this is the lie that is perpetuated. Uh, Anyone who even questions this assertion is uh, even more proof that they are racists and selfish because they benefit from the system, right? Uh, Our system, according to them, just cannot be saved. And Marxism is the only fair way to make everyone equal so the government can control everything and everyone. And that's that's systemic racism. Whenever you hear that word, uh, or those, those two words together, systemic racism, it just simply means that our country is just not savable. It is not something that can be redeemed. Uh, it is built on a foundation, as they say, of racism, that uh, when the founding fathers... Created this country and and set this country up, and when when those that fought for it and died and and whatnot, they they were doing so because they wanted slavery, and they did not believe that uh, black people or anybody but white people could uh, be um, you know in power or in charge or or were even people at all basically, and so because we are built, this country was built on that, then everything, all systems, right down to government or the the way the economy is or anything, everything is built on keeping white people in power and holding that black person down. Um, And and so we have to tear down, I mean, you've even heard our president say, we have to tear down these systems and and rebuild them into a Marxist system. Uh, you you have to have everybody equal, and the government has to con- control everything so that everybody is equal. That's what they mean by systemic racism. And inequality of outcome, that's the belief that if you can show a set of statistics that show numbers different among different races, then it proves racism. It's proof of racism. Uh, example of this, according to the U.S. Bureau of Justice Statistics, in 2018, black males accounted for 34% of the total male prison population. White males, 29. So that's 34, 29. Black males account for 5% more of the total male population in prison. This, according to them, shows that our judicial system is racist. See, the inequality of outcome. Because the percentage of blacks in this country, all blacks, is 13%. Percentage of whites in in the U.S. is 76%. So, if 
if black males make up 34% of the prison population, then obviously this is proof that our judicial system is racist. Just simply based off the inequality of outcome. Now, what you don't hear from leftist liberals is that there are other factors, such as blacks make up 53% of all homicides and 60% of all robberies, and yet only 13% of the population. So 13% of the population make up 53% of all homicides and 60% of all robberies. So you can't, my point here is you cannot point to inequality of outcome and say this is proof of racism. That's just simply garbage. There are factors and reasons that 34% of the total male population in prison is black. And some of that is that they make up those that are actually committing the crimes in a higher rate. Percentage of blacks in the NBA, for instance, is 75%. So if we take the inequality of outcome argument and say that I can take statistics and I can show you racism based off of those statistics, then you can take that percentage of blacks in the NBA, 75%, and look at other numbers like 17% are white players and only 2% are Latino players of or of, of any other race, even Asian. If you take Asians, 0.4% of NBA players are Asian. I think, I think it makes up like one player. This is systemic racism, right? The entire system has to be torn down in the NBA because obviously with 75% black population in the NBA, that is proof that the NBA and basketball is a systemic racist system. This year's survey shows that 38% of manufactured vehicles are painted in white, followed by 19% black cars. That is a sign, obviously, of systemic racism. The entire system of manufacturing our cars has to be torn down. In the United States, the abortion rate for black women is almost five times that of white women. Did you hear what I said? The abortion rate for black women is almost five times that of white women. 37% are obtained by black women, even though they make up 13% of all women in the United States. Obviously, abortion, Planned Parenthood, who is obviously the top abortion provider, they are examples of systemic racism, and the entire system of abortion needs to be torn down. I mean, this is, this is the argument, right? So if this is the argument, if, if that is proof, if, if we can take just statistics and we can take inequality of outcome and prove that this is systemic racism, then, then we should be able to do that across the board. So obviously abortion needs to be torn down. I was speaking with a, a black individual and, and he said that he knows 
that there is racism within police departments because he gets pulled over a lot. <laughs> Obviously, he's, he's going off of his experience, right? But one's experience is not proof of anything. I mean, you can have an experience and, and, and you can experience something and, and, and that's okay, but it does not mean that that is proof. One's experience does not prove anything. Uh, for example, I get pulled over. I've, I, in my life, for some reason, I get pulled over quite a bit by the police department when I'm driving. Um, I haven't gotten a lot of tickets recently, <laughs> so that's good, I guess. But I, I get pulled over a lot and for really stupid things. Like, for instance, I've gotten pulled over because I picked someone up. I saw, I, I saw him walking on, on the side uh, sidewalk and I hadn't seen him in a long time. In fact, I thought he had moved out of state and hadn't, hadn't seen him for a while. I saw him walking down the street. So I pulled over and I said, hey, Dan, do you need a ride? And he said, yeah, I'd love a ride. And so he jumps in the car and we're, we're going down the street, uh, and, and we're, you know, catching up here and uh, good talk. All of a sudden I get pulled over and the police officer comes up and he's, he's, he's really cautious. He comes right up alongside the car and all this. And, he, and I says, why, you know, why did I get pulled over? Cause I wasn't speeding or anything. And he says, well, he said, he says, what, what, what did your, what happened back there at, at the, the last stop there? That, and I, I said, well, I, I picked up a friend I hadn't seen for a while. And he said, he's, well, what, what, what did he have in his hand? And I says, oh, Dan, what did you have in your hand? <laughs> Cause I didn't, I didn't know he had anything. And he hands over this drinking straw still in the wrapper. <laughs> I hand this thing out the window. I says, it's a drinking straw. And he, oh, he says, it looked like a, like a lethal weapon. He said to me, is what the police officer said. And he let me go. I've been pulled over for delivering newspapers. I owned a, uh, a newspaper delivery company and, um, I was training someone and I had a car, had a, a moon roof on it and we would wrap the newspapers. Um, I, I know newspapers, some of you may not even know what those are. <laughs> um, and I would wrap these, these newspapers and I'd throw them in the back seat, uh, fully wrapped. And I would grab these things and I would, uh, pull up in somebody's driveway. I would, I would, uh, stick my arm out the, the moonroof and I would throw them onto the porch and I got really good at this. <laughs> and, um, it made, made for things going a little bit faster. And, um, I was doing this when I got pulled over, um, and I, and I was asked, what am I doing? I mean, it's pretty obvious, uh, my hand sticking out the moonroof and I'm throwing newspapers on a porch, but, and I, and I have a reflective magnetic sticker on the back of my car that's telling me, you know, what I'm doing. Um, but I got pulled over anyway. And it's just ridiculous. I've gotten pulled over for turning around in a driveway. Um, and the driveway basically was like out in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't, you know, like a, almost a field type driveway. And, and, uh, I got pulled over. Uh, I've gotten pulled over for having a light on, on my dashboard. I've gotten pulled over for having too dim a license plate light <laughs> at night. Um, I've gotten pulled over for not coming to a complete stop at a railroad crossing when you could see for miles in each direction. It was at night, like 1 a.m. in the morning. So if 
experience is proof of of something, then obviously, um, you know, I could say that uh, police were uh, racist toward whites because I'm white and I've been pulled over a lot. There is no statistical evidence, and I need you to hear me here. There is no statistical evidence that the police are seeking out black men to harm black men. They, they, they just don't. They don't seek after black men to try to do harm to them. A 2020 report from the Justice uh, Department of Justice Bureau of Justice Statistics said there is no statistically significant difference by race between how many people were to commit serious violent crimes and how likely they are to be arrested. So obviously this shows that police and sheriff's offices focus on people people's crime and not on their race. I mean, we could, we could continue. Let's go on. In 2019, police officers fatally shot 1,004 people. So just over 1,000 people in 2019 were fatally shot, most of which were armed or otherwise dangerous. Blacks were about 25% of those that were killed by cops. Yet, do you remember the, the statistic? Robberies make up 60%. A police officer is is 18.5 times more likely to be shot by a black male than for an unarmed black male to be shot by a police officer. Almost 19 times more likely that police officer is to be shot. In 2019, the National Academy of Sciences published a report showing there is no significant evidence of anti-black disparity and the likelihood of being fatally shot by a police officer. 2016, a Harvard University study that surveyed over a thousand police shootings. So they went back, they looked over a thousand police shootings, and it found that black suspects were less likely to be shot by police than white subjects in the comparable situation. You want more? A deadly force lab study from Washington State University found that the participants were biased in favor of black subjects in simulated threat scenarios. I'll give you one more. In 2015, the DOJ analyzed the Philadelphia Police Department and found that white officers were less likely to shoot unarmed black subjects than their black or Hispanic counterparts. So this gets us to the situation that you've probably heard, and maybe you haven't, of Micaiah Bryant. And here from NPR, it talks about the situation. Emergency dispatch received a call at approximately 4.30 p.m. A female caller said other girls were at the home trying to, quote, stab them and put their hands on them, unquote. Police officers were dispatched four minutes after the call uh, ended, and they arrived at the home at 4.44 p.m. Body camera footage shows an officer, and this officer was Nicholas Reardon, uh, getting out of the patrol car as he responds to uh, a commotion in the driveway of, of, of the home. 
As he approaches a group of people standing and shouting on the driveway, uh, he, he asks, what's going on? You can hear him say, what's going on? Seconds later, Bryant and another girl are being uh, are, are fighting in front of the officer. In fact, it's not just the, those two girls. There's actually a, uh, a 43-year-old male as well uh, that's, uh, and throws one of the girls to the ground. Um, Bryant can be seen pushing the girl uh, to the ground. Um, and, and I tried to identify who the black male is. I, I, I can't find it anywhere. Um, but he, he sho- shoves her to the ground as well. And then literally you can see in the video kicks her. Um, it looks like either in the head or the, or the top of the back, uh, as she's on the ground. Um, and then she then approaches the, this, um, Brian then approaches a second girl. She gets up off the ground and she approaches a second girl and, and throws her against the car or pins her against the car. Um, that's parked in the driveway there. The officer is, is shouting at them. He's, he's, he says, get down, get down, get down. He says it three times, pulls out his gun and shoots Bryant direct uh, in, uh, in her direction four times. And she falls to the ground. Now, what you don't see from some of the coverage, because they purposely don't show you, is that Bryant has a knife, a kitchen knife in her hand. And she is literally about to stab this girl that she's pinned against the car. She's, she's trying to kill this girl, this girl. And the officer saves this girl's life. It's another black female. And she literally, he literally saves her life because Bryant is about to stab her. At the same time, as the Micaiah Bryant incident, because, because here's the deal. We see all kinds of flack now that this police officer, quote, shot a 16-year-old black female. And there's protests and there's all kinds of stuff happening, even though he's a hero for doing this. At the same time that this incident took place, 15-year-old, a 15-year-old black male Trayvon Dixon was being shot to death by another 15-year-old black male. And have you heard the name Trayvon Dixon? Why not? Don't Black Lives Matter? On the, on the very same day in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio, a 13-year-old black girl has been charged with murder after police say she stabbed another 13-year-old black girl to death during a fight. WLWT Channel 5 reports the teen is accused of killing Nayira Givens, 13, on Monday and is facing two counts of murder and one count of felonious assault. Now, have you heard the name Nayira Givens? Why not? Don't Black Lives Matter? You see, my point here is that Blacks were victims in an estimated 805,000 non-fatal violent crimes 
and of about 8,000 homicides in 2005. While blacks accounted for 13% of the U.S. population in 2005 and, and pretty much the same today, they were victims in nearly half of all homicides. They're 13% of the population, and they're victims in nearly half of all homicides. 90% of all black homicides are committed by, can you take a guess? Blacks. 90% of all black homicides are committed by blacks. The number of unarmed blacks killed by police each year is under 20. The only time that Black Lives Matter is when a police officer shoots a black person. That only happens to unarmed blacks less than 20 times a year. So the leftists and the black, and black leadership are only concerned about 20 people, less than 20 people, not the 8,000. They're, con- they're concerned. They think the, that that the lives matter of less than 20 people and and they forget about the 8,000 people that die. So LeBron James and the rocket scientist that he is weighed in on the situation. And I have to say, I mean, I, I, I can, I can appreciate, I like basketball. I can appreciate his skill as a basketball player and as an athlete I cannot appreciate his skill and ability to think. He weighed in on the situation. And the since-deleted tweet by James showed a photo of Officer Nicholas Reardon, who is white, of course, with an accompanying caption. And get this. It says, you're next. Hashtag accountability along with an hourglass emoji and and he since took took it down but he followed up that tweet with quote i am so damn tired of seeing black people killed by by police i took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate this isn't about one officer it's about the entire system and they always use our words to create more racism i am so desperate for more accountability, all in caps. Uh, LeBron, your tweet was hate. There is no reason why this hero who saved the life of this innocent black woman, this innocent black girl, there was no reason why you should have tweeted out that hate toward him. He's a hero. The healers, of course, at the White House <laughs> also decided to weigh in. And here is uh, Jan uh, Saki's clip. Uh, listen to what she had to say. Uh, the killing of 16-year-old Michaela Bryant by the Columbus police is tragic. She was a child. We're thinking of her friends and family and the communities that are hurting and grieving her loss. We know that police violence disproportionately impacts uh, black and Latino people in communities and that black women and girls, like black men and boys, experience higher rates of police violence. We also know that there are particular vulnerabilities that children in foster care, care like Micaiah, face 
And her death came, as you noted, just as America was hopeful of a step forward after the traumatic and exhausting trial of Derek Chauvin and the verdict that was reached. So our focus is on um, working to address systemic racism and implicit, implicit bias head on, and of course to passing laws and legislation that will put much needed reforms into place at police departments around the country. Okay. Lie number one. She says, police violence disproportionately affects blacks and Latinos. That's lie number one. It doesn't. Statistics do not show that. Lie number two. Black boys and girls experience a higher rate of police violence. False. That's lie number two. Lie number three. This was an example of racial violence like in the George Floyd case. Okay, there was no racial violence in the George Floyd case. There was not one stick of evidence, nothing even presented by by his side that showed that this was a racial incident. Number four, lie. This was a case of systemic racism and implicit violence perpetrated by police. Absolutely not. This Bryant case, absolutely not. How can you throw gas on the fire like that? That is unconscionable. So if you call for defund the police or even abolish the police, who does it hurt the most? Well, Will it hurt BLM founder, you know, con colors as, as she lives behind her gated community and her $1.5 million mansion or one of the other three homes that she, that she owns with her wife? Will it hurt LeBron James, who is worth a billion dollars and hires his own security force? Not Antifa and their anarchist agenda. They, they want this kind of thing. It hurts the most, the 8,000 black people that are killed every year if you start defunding the police. Lawofficer.com said this, the city of Portland, Oregon, was one of the first cities to jump on the defund the police bandwagon with Mayor Ted Wheeler supporting a cut of $16 million to the police department in June of 2020. The move was quickly followed by more than 100 consecutive days of violent riots, which have continued into 2021. Portland already has 20 homicides and 208 shootings as of March 1st of this year. Last year, however, there was only one homicide during the same time frame. This is an increase of 1,900%. We need to quit buying the lies of the leftist liberals and of the black leadership. Our police are under assault, and things are getting really bad really quick. These are lies, and we need to stop buying them. And you may agree, you may disagree. I would love to hear from you. And of course, you can get a hold of us right at our website, uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you for listening.